Greetings. You are listening to the second episode of ABF Journal's COVID-19-focused podcast series, where we assess how the coronavirus pandemic continues to shape the current landscape of the asset-based finance industry. I'm Phil Neifer, Managing Editor of the ABF Journal, and in this episode, I spoke with Star Mountain Capital founder and CEO Brett Hickey about the effects of the pandemic on companies who either have deferred payments or locked revenues. He also shared some insight on the importance of cybersecurity at this time and how bridge financing and other alternative structures may rise in popularity. Now let's get to the call. Hi, this is Phil Neifer, Managing Editor of ABF Journal, and today I'm speaking with Brett Hickey, founder and CEO of Star Mountain Capital. Brett, how are you? Doing well, Phil. Thanks for the call. Yeah, no problem. Um, So this podcast series is really focused on the impact of the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, on the industry. Um, So my first question is pretty simple. How has this uh, affected your business to this point? That's a great question, Phil. Uh, Certainly there have been major impacts on a number of fronts. Uh, Thankfully, we're uh, weathering through them. Uh, reasonably well. Uh, first is our own business as a CEO of a company with uh, over 30 full-time employees and 30 operating partners. Uh, it's managing our own team, our own operations at that level because we are used to, we have multiple offices across the U.S. and we're used to on-site due diligence at the offices of businesses that we are looking to invest in. Our team is built to be quite agile in general and have very strong mobile cybersecurity and things of that nature that allows us to operate reasonably seamlessly. And so from an impact that Star Mountain Capital as an operating company, uh, we are an investment business, we have our own business to run. Uh, That has not been overly problematic, thankfully. Uh, Second is with respect to our portfolio investments, we have two types of investments that we make. One is providing debt and equity capital to establish small and medium-sized businesses across the United States that generally have between $3 million and $20 million of annual EBITDA or similar to a pre-tax earning. The second investment we have is where we are investing as a limited partner in other lower middle market funds that make private equity and private credit investments. And so we are an investor in other funds and we are an investor directly in companies. And on the other fund side, we often do that on a secondary basis where we are providing early liquidity to business owners, uh, pardon me, business owners and investors who would like to get early liquidity on their investments, which in a time like this, of course, is uh, amplified. So there are a number of different ways that we are highly engaged ultimately into the U.S. lower middle market, as people refer to it. In the aggregate, that looks for a portfolio is over 300 private, small and medium-sized businesses across the U.S., so still, we have a lot of contacts, a lot of information across a lot of industries, and happy to speak with um, your uh, team uh, and your listeners uh, later about things like that. The, as we look at the businesses, they're really probably broken down into three categories on a spectrum. One end of the spectrum are businesses that actually have some benefits from the current economic environment. Examples of that would be a portfolio company of ours that has a large video conferencing business. 
Another example is a business that has a large telehealth business. As you can imagine, those type of businesses uh, have a lot of positive macroeconomic trends that are assisting them to grow. In the middle, there are businesses that we would call having deferred revenues. So an example would be a company that does roofing repairs. Uh, you are likely going to still have your roof repaired. You may not want somebody in your house right now, depending on you know your views as a family and so forth from that perspective. Uh, and so you may have revenue pushed back where somebody will have their roof repaired at a later date. For a business like that, it's managing, helping them manage liquidity, making sure that we understand a 13-week forecast, so every week reevaluating what is your cash flow position, how do you think about your cash flow for each of the next 13 weeks, and continue to have that as a rolling uh, forward forecasted number that makes sure that we are a long enough period ahead, recognizing that the world is evolving and changing really on a weekly basis, but trying to forecast the future and make prudent and sometimes very difficult decisions. The, and those businesses generally, because we're an investor, uh, we believe we should be able to work well with and hopefully not have uh, too much of a long-term impact uh, and hopefully just help them weather the current challenges and then be able to uh, get back to business when the economy uh, recovers. The third end of the spectrum are businesses that do not have deferred revenue but truly lost revenue. Uh, examples of that can be preschool chains. Um, depending on how the preschools are structured, there'll be some revenues that are reduced. Uh, after school sports for children, events, businesses like that, that will lose revenue and not ever recapture that revenue. And in those businesses, it is a similar exercise of cash flow management, liquidity management, and going through a harder, generally, conversation that goes deeper into longer-term liquidity management with the view that this downturn will be even more impactful on them. And uh, beyond that, Phil, we're focused on what are other sources of capital, what are other strategies and tools that businesses can do, is there ways to advance accounts receivable to get money in faster? Are there ways to reduce and slow down payables so you're keeping cash better? Uh, the SBA, the U.S. government, of course, is working very rapidly in an ever-evolving manner in trying to come up with solutions to assist businesses, including small businesses with payroll and other type of capital to help them uh, manage these challenges. And so we are deciphering the information, analyzing it, and assisting our companies to see what tools may be available to them. Um, I'll stop there, but those are some high-level things that we're doing um, and putting businesses into buckets of not having challenges, having more mild challenges, and having more severe challenges. Um, well, you, you gave me a lot to, uh, to, to go off of there. Um, one thing that I, I think I, I'm at least particularly interested in is um, these companies you said with uh, locked revenue. How, and you, you went into this a bit already, but how can you uh, 
help the, those companies or work with those uh, customers to try to weather this at least as best you can, if there is a way? Yeah, it's a great question, Phil, and it's, it's not an easy one. Uh, it really is something that is a case-by-case scenario. Uh, I'll give you two different answers. One, I'll try to answer more broadly, and two, uh, for Star Mountain as a business, we take a data-driven approach to focus on investing, looking at industries that systematically are not as recession-resilient uh, and other businesses that we focus on investing in that are more recession-resilient. So examples of companies that we don't directly invest into, but that will, will and are having really hard lost revenue challenges are restaurants. Uh, we don't invest in restaurants in Star Mountain, so thankfully we haven't had to deal with those problems based on our data-driven approach to investing. But other businesses that are restaurants, um, unfortunately for them, after utilizing the different tools they have, it really comes down to, do you have enough liquidity to manage the challenges? Can you reduce expenses quickly enough and to a low enough level and can you keep revenues up to keep your weekly cash burn low enough to survive what may need to be two to five months of materially reduced revenues. And for a lot of businesses, unfortunately, I do not believe they will be able to sustain that and I believe that there are many businesses that will unfortunately um, go bankrupt or have to close because they won't be able to manage liquidity. Uh, other businesses will be able to manage liquidity better and they will have strategic capital partners that have been through recessions like Star Mountain to help them strategically and help them with capital to work through these challenges with the hope that then if they can push through these challenges, when the economy recovers, should hopefully create a lot of opportunities for them because they will have done a lot better than different competitors and that should allow them opportunities to grow. So for those that are able to manage through these challenges, um, there is a, a hope that they have that that can create a really attractive growth opportunity when the economy recovers. Happy to elaborate further. Uh, sure, yeah, if you if there's if there's more you have to say on the matter. Yeah, I think in, in, in general, lost revenues are very difficult. The tough thing in life is always forecasting and doing the probability analysis and the key thing for business owners is making sure that they have strategic teams, make sure that they have very strong financial reporting and dashboards and information so they can really carefully think through their business strategically, have the information that they need at hand to make informed decisions and have that information be in a timely manner so that they can work through an ever-evolving uh, recession and market downturn where it is not clear how far the economy will fall and for how long it will stay depressed or how quickly the economy will likely recover 
Uh, we currently have a base case house view, which we re-evaluate on a weekly basis, and I'm happy to share on that. But it is difficult, and we're fortunate to have a tremendous amount of uh, data and information risk management capabilities that we're able to draw upon, which unfortunately, for most smaller businesses across America, they don't have that kind of information, and we really feel for them, and we're trying to help as many as we can by also offering uh, bridge type of financing solutions uh, for companies that we think that have just a short-term liquidity problem and will ultimately continue to be good long-term businesses, but that's only a small uh, percentage of companies that we will be able to help, unfortunately. Um, you just mentioned uh, talking about Star Mountain's capabilities, and you mentioned this at the top about uh, the company's agil- uh, agility and ability to adapt. How, how are you adapting to the kind of new working conditions that can that are kind of cropping up here? Are you able to allow employees to work from home? Is that affecting how you do business? Is there another way you've been able to do this? Great question, Phil. At the Star Mountain operating company level, because we have multiple offices across the United States and because we have been long-term investors and believers in technology, we have built a business that is very agile and is very mobile, uh, partially because we believe in local engagement with business owners to analyze them, develop relationships with them and help them strategically build their businesses. So we're built to be mobile and agile uh, with a fully cloud-based business with very strong cybersecurity and other things, which is important today because unfortunately attackers uh, at a cyber level are viewing this as an opportunity to take advantage of people that don't have good security systems and are working from home on systems that are uh, more vulnerable to attacks. And so that's unfortunate, but for us, this is generally uh, regular operations, but for our more junior team that we also uh, always provide some working flexibility, we now have set up full home office type of solutions for all of them as well, uh, which is generally easy as an additional tweak beyond what we already have for people that allows them mobility and agility to work when they're traveling, um, work from home if they want on a Friday, things of that nature. So we, we've already thankfully been built in a way that this doesn't have much of an impact on Star Mountain. So we're open for business and we're functioning and operating just fine. Unfortunately, a lot of other companies are not in that scenario and are challenged. Uh, we've talked to banks where employees don't have proper home computing systems and, and that could be a long time until that can get properly set up for them. And so they're challenged to access data and information and be able to work functionally. I think the uh, general output and productivity of people is materially down. Uh, Thankfully for our business, um, we have a very aligned team where 100% of our employees share in the profits of our business. And so they're very motivated to solve problems for investments and also look for opportunities to create value and that creates a financial motivation for them to be as efficient as possible and we take a team first mentality in our business uh, that has assisted us in focusing on technology and mobility. 
All right. Uh, I also, from earlier when you are talking about uh, bridge financing as, as something that is effective or you're seeing more of right now, are there other types of financing structures you think are going to become more popular in the next few weeks or, or months even um, in response to this? I do. I think there's going to be a number of different situations. Um, I'll go through a few of them. Uh, at one end of the spectrum, I think that you will have businesses that are challenged that need to sell, unfortunately for them, at distressed prices, which will create an opportunity for buyers and providing debt and equity capital to help a stronger, more capitalized business acquire a more challenged competitor uh, will be an opportunity to help finance acquisitions with more long-term traditional debt and equity capital. The second we talked about is a bridge loan where a business, maybe a bank, is a lot less responsive or a business is not, um, has not developed strategic capital partner relationships. And if you haven't, this is a really tough time to do it from a standing start. So a lot of businesses really put emphasis on building strategic relationships with capital providers and even having we had business owners, for example, that wanted to borrow money from us starting a couple of years ago that said, I think a recession is coming. I want to make sure that I can weather the challenges and also take advantage of the opportunities to potentially grow, gain market share, acquire competitors. And so I want to have a strategic capital partner like Star Mountain that has already underwritten me and already has capital available to me so that we can then move faster on opportunities that may present themselves um, but a lot of companies, of course, um, weren't that forward-looking in building those type of relationships, and so I think they will struggle at finding money, which means bridge lending if, if folks are willing to come to them and be able to have the operating capability to underwrite the businesses and the industries faster to provide them with some short-term solutions, uh, where people call a bridge to the future, to when the economy hopefully recovers and they, you know, get their margins and revenues and whatnot back, um, that uh, should grow substantially. I, I believe Apollo uh, recently provided a, a billion dollar uh, loan to United um, United Airlines um, as an example, a very large end uh, of that. Uh, another kind of capital that is likely to be business owners in a market environment like this is a preferred equity type of a solution for a mezzanine capital investment where that money is subordinated to a bank loan, but it is senior in the event of liquidity to the common equity shareholders. So it's providing some capital that the bank will allow because it's subordinated to the bank. Um, but it is less risky than the other capital, making capital providers feel safer to inject that additional growth capital. So I presume mezzanine type of lending or junior debt lending, as well as preferred equity type of minority equity investing that is senior to the common equity, those two structures will uh, likely become uh, much more prominent in this market downturn as well. And with those types of uh, financings potentially becoming more popular, do you see them 
filling the void that might be uh, left in terms of the amount of volume of, of lending that there is, con uh, considering more traditional forms of financing might fall by the wayside? Unfortunately not. I don't think that in a fluid environment when the economy is good and banks are really open for business, that is a very large amount of capital. There are over 5,000 banks with multiple branches across the United States uh, with you know, a tremendous amount of capital, uh, you know, trillions of dollars of capital. When that engine slows, that's such a big engine that it is really hard to make too much of a dent in filling that void, as you say. It will help, I think, ultimately, the businesses that have the strongest management teams and the best long-term business models and have the relationships in place. Um, they will be able to take advantage of the alternative capital providers. Star um, Mountain, for example, what we try to do is be very forward-looking, so we have our YouTube channel, um, you know, where we provide content and information for business owners and how to think about doing acquisitions strategically, how to, thinking, how to think about preparing to package your business to sell, how to build a board of directors, manage a board of directors, things of that nature. So we try to be very educationally focused for business owners so they can think about challenges and opportunities and try to get ready for them, where obviously for us, we're looking to find those businesses that we can partner with um, but a lot of alternative lenders are not as easy to find. You know, where do you find them? How do you approach them? How do you build a relationship with them? Um, and then also it becomes an influx. So we at Star Mountain are very agile um, and able to operate efficiently in this market environment. Not all alternative investors are as agile, although I think on average, I think they are reasonably agile. And so the, the challenge is right now, if you have an influx of people reaching out to you looking for capital, if your business is less efficient but has far more volume to process, that becomes challenging. And they may be dealing with some of their own challenges. So if, if you're a lender and you have a lot of your own leverage, uh, whether it's a collateralized loan obligations and CLO where you're a lever lender or certain BDCs have a high amount of leverage and you've seen some of the stock prices that hurt there, um, probably some of them um, unjustifiably, but nonetheless there are some that have quite a bit of leverage as well, they will have their own challenges in being able to have liquidity and capital to invest. Uh, thankfully, we don't have uh, those challenges that way, um, and there are other investors, alternative investors like us, that also won't have the challenges and, and have liquidity and capital to support and grow businesses, but there are other uh, alternative investors that they themselves will be facing challenges similar to, in the last recession, how commercial banks faced their own challenges, which made it very difficult for them to support businesses. Thankfully, in this recession, the U.S. banks in particular are in far better shape uh, around that, and I recently did a, a webinar uh, with 
with our chief risk officer that was the head of risk for credit with alternatives and also the founding chief risk officer of ESO Blackstone, who has been through many uh, downturns uh, like this, and, and we talked about and showed information around the U.S. bank market and how it's in a lot better shape. So we hope, uh, for the sake of businesses across America, that those banks will be able to provide a lot more value and help than they were able to in the 2008 recession. Uh, speaking of the 2008 recession, and uh, you mentioned earlier about how uh, the government's uh, reaction to this and how that will impact things, what do you, as best as you can tell, what do you think is going to 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 be the government's responses? We've already started to see different plans that are yet to be passed, but uh, how do you think the government will react, and how do you think that will help, or if at all? Really good question, Phil. Uh, I'm always cautious on answering questions around the government to, to not get into a political discourse. But uh, I will say that uh, I believe that um, our President Donald Trump does seem to be doing a pretty good job in acting uh, decisively. And there's no one decision that's ever perfect in life. But if you study leadership, which I do, I sit on the global board of Harvard's Entrepreneur Alumni Association, for example, and the things that we did at business school and the things that we help educate business owners around, one of the traits of a strong leader, um, so there's just a single trait I'm talking about, is around making you know, decisive decisions um, because paralysis doesn't get you anywhere. And so I do believe that we see the government moving quickly in trying to make decisions to open up capital. You saw it with uh, interest rate drops. They made an initial pretty quick drop and then even faster than anybody, I believe, uh, we certainly than most people forecasted, drop rates again very aggressively. They didn't take another 25 basis point drop. You know, they dropped it a whole percent. And that was a, an example of a very decisive and material move um, to help stimulate the economy, which also assists banks, of course, because when they can effectively borrow money really cheaply, that assists them in being able to deploy capital. And it also helps businesses that may be facing challenges. At least their interest rates are going to be lower because their leverage will go up, so their interest coverage will still be impacted. But that's going to help a little bit. Uh, but the government is making decisive responses. They're trying to mobilize uh, different groups and different firms, and they are leveraging today's modern communication tools much better than, of course, they were able to in the last recession. So the speed upon which they can communicate and disseminate information is a lot better. Uh, just this morning, for example, we received an email uh, from the government asking if we were interested in forming an SBA 7A lending division to our business as another way to help provide a different type of debt capital that is sponsored by the U.S. government through the Small Business Administration. If we were interested in helping um, provide SBA 7A loans to businesses as another example of tools that they're pushing. So they are trying to look for ways to get capital to small businesses, encourage banks to stay open. Um, you know, uh, Governor Cuomo here in New 
work has really, I think, been pushing hard as well uh, himself and what New York is doing as a state to help, um, you know, provide forbearance and other opportunities for businesses. So there's, um, you know, it's really a multi-channel approach that the government is doing. Um, We'll see if it'll be enough, but they're pushing hard, they're pushing aggressively, and they are, they're getting things done. So um, I hope that it will have a, a meaningful impact in at least helping the economy not drop as hard, and probably more importantly, what we will see from it is a better recovery, because it's not going to stop revenues from stopping, right? Like. People still aren't going to baseball games, restaurants, movie theaters, and so forth. But once, hopefully, the virus calms and the economy starts to recover, that's when you'll see the benefits of the stimulus where consumers, which are in a lot better shape today um, than they were in the last recession, of course, that's currently deteriorating. But this is where you will see the recovery stronger from the actions that the U.S. government is taking. If you compare that to other countries globally, I would like to say nothing's perfect, no one is perfect, including myself, but the government is, I think, doing things that will benefit the U.S. economy uh, substantially and particularly on a relative basis to other countries that I think are in um, much for taking the time to speak with us today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, Phil. Stay safe, everybody.